अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांगमनसगोचरम आत्मानम अखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धै So we are studying the Vedanta Sara and the purpose of this we should not forget it gives us a solid introduction to the system of Vedanta it's a very introductory text it gives us the definitions of the key terms so that we have a precise idea of we know what we are talking about when we talk about brahman maya jiva ishvara mind intellect um, the, even the physical body sense organs all of those things when we talk about it uh, we we have a very precise idea every aspect of vedanta just the basics are given here uh, the building blocks so the Uh, the plan is to go into the core texts the fundamental texts of vedanta which are the upanishads after this now what's going on here is the methodology of teaching vedanta is called adhyaropa apavada superimposition and desuperimposition that imagine there's a rope and that it is mistaken as the snake and then we realize that it's not a snake but it's a rope so from rope to snake is called adhyaropa and from snake back to rope is called apavada superimposition desuperimposition like getting hypnotized and then dehypnotized like falling into a dream and then waking up from it again so how from the ultimate reality which is brahman how does this universe appear on the objective side on the subjective side you are brahman but how did you end up thinking that you are a person body mind how did the rope appear as a snake appear did not become a snake how did the rope appear as a snake how did how does the absolute reality brahman appear as the changing universe how does the absolute reality brahman uh, appear as an individual us so um this is what is happening and now this from absolute reality brahman appearing as the universe three stages you can see three distinct stages in this cosmology how the cosmos appears three distinct stages causal stage subtle state and um, the gross stage causal subtle gross causal state maya the absolute and then maya absolute plus maya we know the definition that is ishvara or god brahma saguna brahman ishvara many names are given and then the causal state uh, is the, the production of the five elements the five subtle uh, from the causal state comes the five subtle elements that's the subtle state the five subtle elements we have seen space and air and fire and water and earth and uh, out of that are produced the, there are various products the combinations of those five subtle elements which is a uh, mind and life uh, we saw the vigyanamaya kosha uh, the manomaya kosha and the prana pranamaya kosha this discussion is going on now and then after this will come the gross state with the five subtle elements will combine and uh, further to produce this physical universe we haven't come there yet a good way of so i just want to make highlight these three points in your mind causal subtle gross karana sukshma sthula and a good way to understand these is to look at it in our own experience what we are experiencing right now this thing this is gross um physical sthula this is sthula the world outside gross physical and our own bodies this is the physical body sthula sharira what we experience in the dream state that is the sukshma the subtle it's all products of mind even when we see things there and things are happening people and objects and animals they're all products of the mind there is no actual physical thing out there in in the dream so that's the sukshma state and when we fall into deep sleep blank that seed state that that resolved state where nothing is happening it's a uniform blankness that is called causal state or karana avastha karana sharira karana sukshma sthula the same thing is in the universe and what is all this karana sukshma stula these are three stages in the appearance of the snake from the 
Rob, of the universe from Brahman appearance in the production of let's say production of the movie which is called the universe. Okay. Now let's get back to um, going on with the construction of the universe. How far had we gone? We had gone up to uh, text number 73, 74. Yes, 73, 74, I think, yes. So we have gone up to Vijnanamaya Kosha. So with the appearance of the intellect, uh, the buddhi, or what we might call the Vijnanamaya Kosha, we have what is called Vyavaharika Jiva, text number 73, the transactional or um, is called phenomenal jiva. Phenomenal jiva or the transactional jiva is us. For the first time, we see ourselves in a recognizable way as a thinking, understanding being. This is, this is what happens when the intellect starts functioning. Before this, we still existed. In deep sleep, we exist. But that's just blank. We don't have any kind of individual awareness there. But the first individual awareness is I, and then my thoughts, my personality, that comes with the Vijnana Maya Kosha. We still haven't come to physical body yet. That will be the next step. But now, 75 onwards. So we have got Ananda Maya Kosha. What is Ananda Maya Kosha? Ajnana, Avidya, deep sleep state. Then we have got Vijnana Maya Kosha. What is Vijnana Maya Kosha? The Buddhi, the intellect. Also along with the Jnanindriyas. That's the way it's counted. Then we have got the Mano Maya Kosha, which is the mind. Um, in this, the, Both of them include, Buddhi and mind also includes Ahankara and Chitta, memory and ego. So we have got Mano, Buddhi, Chitta, Ahankara. These four are the constituents of what is called Antahkarana, the inner instrument. Why is it called the inner instrument? What is, why is it called an instrument to begin with? Because it's not really who you are. It's an instrument for you, the jiva. And it's an inner instrument because it's not in contact with the external world. What it's in contact with is it's between you, the consciousness, and your sensory apparatus. Your sense organs and your motor organs are, are out there. Your sense organs and motor organs are in contact with the world. Sense organs are in contact, eyes are in contact with, um, with uh, forms. Ears are in contact with sound, nose is in contact with smell, and so on. But the mind into which they all dump their information, the mind is not directly in contact with, uh, with forms or sounds. Or, uh, sound does not enter the mind directly. Sound goes through the sense organ, a sense power called uh, the auditory organ, and then it becomes a vritti in the mind. So the mind, uh, in general, I'm using, when I'm using mind, it's a general term for four things. Mana buddhi chitta hankara. That, that means mind, intellect, um, uh, ego, and um, memory. Now comes 75. Text number 75. Karmendriyani vakpani padapayupastha akhyani. Five motor organs. We have already seen five sense organs. Five sense organs. Eyes, ears, nose, tongue and touch the skin, uh, the five motor organs, organs of action. The organs of action are the organs of speech, the hands, the feet, and the organs of evacuation and generation. Again, if it does strike you as strange that sense organs, motor organs, everything here is describing us. It's very human centric, anthropocentric. It's not describing say a lizard or, uh, uh, or uh, uh, you know, a squid or an octopus, I'm sure they have different sense, uh, sense organs and different motor organs. Uh, octopus will have the tentacles. So what about them? Again, I've said this earlier also. Remember, this is not meant to be a description of, of the universe. It's not meant to be a thoroughgoing physics. It's not meant to be a thoroughgoing biology or chemistry. What it's meant to be is a methodology of pointing back towards our nature as, as Atman or Brahman, a way of analyzing our present state so that we can step by step trace our way back from the snake to the rope, from ourselves as body-mind appearance to uh, the witness consciousness. That's the purpose of this description. It's not a textbook of biology or in which case we would find it very inadequate, very sketchy. It just shows us what we think of ourselves and then look, looks inwards. 76. Etani punarakashadinam rajuangshebhya vyastebhya prithak prithak krame nutpadyante. So, where do the motor organs come from? 
They are all produced separately in consecutive order from the active rajas particles of ether, etc. So, what is the constituent of these five motor organs, the powers? They're not physically the hands. They're not talking about physically the tongue or the hands, the capacities. So the capacity to speak, the capacity to grasp something, walk and so on. Where do they come from? They come from the rajasic parts of the five elements. So each of them, um, the five motor organs, um, so speech, uh, organs of action, organs of speech, the hands, the feet, and so on and so forth. They come from the five elements, space and uh, and and uh, air and fire and water and the rajasic parts of that. Why rajasic parts? Uh, because these are organs of action. So action, rajas connected. You can see there's a very simple logic in their minds. Then the five pranas. Vayavaha. Prana, Pana, Vyana, Udana, Samana, 77. This is the battery pack, the energy pack for us, which, which uh, powers the whole system. Uh, this is called Prana. In the Prana, there are five kinds of Pranas working in a living body. The five vital forces are the Prana, Apana, Vyana, Udana, and Samana. So what are they and what do they do? We'll be told now. 78. These are discussed in much greater detail in Ayurveda, for example. Um, so I really don't know about these, these things. You have to ask Dr. Deepak Chopra. Uh, pranon, this is text number 78. Prano nama, pragavana, pragamana van, nasagrasthanavati. Prana is the vital force which goes upwards and has its seat at the tip of the nose. So seat at the tip of the nose, nothing else. It's just felt in the nose. When the breath goes in and comes out, you feel the breath. That is the activity of the prana. Breathe out prana. Upon 79. Upon nama avagamanavan payavadi sthanavarti. Upon is that vital force which goes downward and has its seat in the organs of excretion, apanavayo. Then 80, vyana. Vyano nama vishwagamanavan akhila shariravarti. Vyana is the vital force which moves in all directions and pervades the entire body. 81, udana. Udano nama kanthasthanya urdhvagamanavan utkramanavayuhu. Udana is the ascending vital force which helps the passing out from the body and has its seat in the throat. So this is an interesting activity. It has supposed to be here, felt, its activity is felt here and it becomes activated when we are dying. So when the physical body falls apart, the subtle body, sukshma sharira, leaves the physical body. So the leaving um, is, everything is packed up and ready to go on the journey. So this, this vayu becomes active. When you say Udana Vayu is active, it means a person is dying. Uh, so it gathers up the subtle body, uh, pack the suitcases. We are leaving this, this house. So this house is falling apart. You, the consciousness reflected in the subtle body, the subtle body will be pulled out of this physical body by the Udana Vayu. And it leaves, it transmigrates, goes to other worlds and goes to other bodies. So that's the Udana Vayu. 82. Samana Vayu. Samano nama sharira madhyagata shita pita nadi samikarana karaha. This is an important one. This is one which helps in digestion. So if you have tummy problems, you have problems with this, this vayu. Samana vayu is, samana is the vital force which assimilates food and drink and has a seat in the middle of the body. What is assimilation? 83. Samikaranantu paripaka karanam. Rasa, Rudhira, Shukra, Purishadi, Karanam, Iti, Yavat. Assimilation means digestion of the food and its con conversion into chyle, blood and other materials of the body. So transformation of food which is ingested into materials which are part of your physical body. And that whole process is done by the Samana Vayu. Further discussion. 84. 
Kechittu, whenever it says Kechittu, it means some people say, which means it's not something that the author agrees with, but some people say Kechittu. Naga, Kurma, Krikala, Devadatta, Dhananjayakya, Pancha, Anyevaya, Vasanti, Tivadanti. Others say that there are five more vital forces known as Naga, Kurma, Krikala, Devadatta and Dhananjaya. So he's got a bee in his bonnet about prana. He's dividing and subdividing further and further. Five other types of prana. That means it becomes ten. So what are they? Eighty-five. Tatra Naga Udgira Karana, Kurma Unmilana Karana, Krikala Kshutkaraha, Devadatto Jrimbhana Karaha, Dhananjaya Poshana Karaha. What does it mean? The Naga is that vayu which which is which causes vomiting or burping. So when you're burping, the Naga vayu is active. Kurma opens opens the eyelid. So it causes the fluttering of the eyelids. Krikala is that vayu which um, generates hunger. Devadatta produces yawning and Dhananjaya nourishes the body. So these are some definitions. So in Vedanta class, I think the Devadatta vayu becomes active. People start yawning a lot. Devadatta vayu especially is connected to Vedanta. Then number 86. Etesham pranadishvantar bhavat pranadayaha panchaivayate kechit. Others say that all these five are included within prana and the others. So the first five includes these other five also. So the vital forces are really five in number. Anyway, the point being that there are five. Prana is a, prana is a vital force which keeps um, uh, the body alive and uh, and there are five of them. Altogether, they are called prana, and prana is also one of the five. Then, where do these? Where does prana come from? Eighty-seven. Etat prana di panchakam akashadi akashadi gata rajo angshebhyo militebhyo utpadyate. So these five forces, prana, etc., are produced from the combination of the active rajas particles of ether, etc. The five subtle elements from the rajasic particles, all mixed together, produces the pranas. What is the difference between the motor organs? They are individually, the rajasic particles produce the five motor organs. All the rajasic particles of the uh, five elements mixed together for, produces the five pranas. Now, pranamaya kosha. So we have enough material to put together the pranamaya kosha. Number 88. Idam prana di panchakam karmindriyai sahitam karmindriyai sahitam sat pranamaya kosho bhavati asya kriyatmakatvena rajoangshakaryatvam. So these five pranas, together with the five motor organs, took together, the whole thing is called pranamaya koshaha, the, the vital sheath. The vital sheath. What have we got so far? Anandamaya kosha, the bliss sheath. Vijnanamaya kosha, the intellect sheath, manomaya kosha, the mind mental sheath, and now pranamaya kosha, the vital sheath. Only one is left now. Remember, annamaya kosha, the physical body. It will come later. So this this is the subtle body. Subtle body has three parts: vijnanamaya, um, manomaya, pranamaya. Vijnanamaya kosha, manomaya kosha, pranamaya kosha. You want to divide it further, then. 19 parts or 17 parts, depending upon your calculation. What are the 17 parts? You should be able to say. The uh, five sense organs, five motor organs, the five pranas. So now you have already got 15. And the mind and intellect, manabuddhi, 17. You further divide, mind, intellect, ego, memory, manabuddhi, chitta, hankar, 19 parts. This is called sukshma sharira, subtle body. And we all have that. We are all feeling it all the time. Nothing theoretical here. If you think, if you remember, if you have feelings of pleasure or pain, if you're breathing and assimilating and you know sensing and working, it's a subtle body. That's a subtle body. That's what is being called a subtle body. Then, 89. Manomaya Icha Shaktiman Karana Rupaha Pranamaya Kriya Shaktiman Karya Rupaha. 
योग्यवादेवेषा विभाग वर्णयतीत्रोषत्रय मिलित covers up water a golden necklace covers up the gold it's just swami pot doesn't cover up clay it is clay it is true that's true but in ignorance if one does not know what is clay or what is water or what is gold one will think it's a pot it's a golden necklace it's a wave so the name and form quotes i'm sorry to give air quotes all the time we uh, seem to cover up in the state of ignorance for the enlightened person everything physical body subtle body causal body everywhere the atman blazes forth without any obstruction anyway now one take away from this this whole section is these three together are called subtle body vigyanamaya kosha manomaya kosha pranamaya kosha 
What is the causal body? You haven't mentioned it. Yes, we have. That is Anandamaya Kosha. What am I? None of these. You are consciousness. You are Satchidananda. And then... So today and tomorrow is actually um, the Jayanti, the birthday of Bhagawan Sri Ramana Maharshi. So there's some uh, worldwide observances and celebrations going on. There are um, programs all over the world, different centers. So thanks to this uh, online technology, I've been invited by two centers, one in New Delhi and one here in New York to give talks. And I hope to sneak past by giving the same talk in both places because they're separated by time and space. So I was thinking, Ramana Maharshi's first teaching, which is recorded, is called Who Am I? So that's where he's, he's well known for his teaching of Who Am I? So the first teaching itself is Who Am I? And this young philosophy graduate, this government officer, Shiva Prakasha Pillai, goes to Ramana Maharshi and asks, 1902, uh, he was still absolutely in silence and very inward, asks him a few questions. The first question he asked was, uh, who am I? And Ramana Maharshi's answer was very interesting. He didn't speak. At that time, he didn't feel like speaking. So he wrote down the answers. His answer was very interesting. He said, um, you are not the five pranas. You are not the five sense organs. Uh, or I, he said, I, I am not the five sense organs. I am not the five uh, pranas. I am not the five motor organs. I am not the mind. I am not the intellect. Uh, I am not the ignorance, avidya, which lies beyond mind and intellect. Now you see why Vedanta Sar is so important. <laughs> you will check. Okay. I know what he's talking about. I am not all of them. Very interesting that his first answer was an indirect answer. He did not say, you are Satchidananda Brahman, done, go, you are Brahman, go away. No. He started, question was, who am I? And the answer was, he told us who we are not. Why? Later on, that um, same person asks Raman Maharshi, that, uh, then what am I? If I'm not all, all of these, then what am I? So you are the self. What is the self? Ramun Mahashi said the self is existence consciousness place, Satchidananda. Then this per person asked a wonderful question. He was trained in philosophy. So he asked, all right, but this world and these you know, body, mind and all of that, um, quite apart from these, can't we know the self? Even if these are there, why did you start by denying that I'm not the body, mind and so on? And Ramana Maharshi says, no, you cannot. You must first deny this, then only realize the self. Why? And Ramana Maharshi says, and very beautiful answer. He says, if you want to know the truth, you are seeing a snake and the truth is a rope. You must first see that the snake is false. There alone you will be able to see the real rope. Without seeing the falsity of the snake, you cannot discover the real rope because it's the same thing. Very interesting point. If there is a separate thing called Atma, Brahman, God, then talk about it, point it out directly. Why are you talking about body, physical body, subtle body, five pranas, mind, intellect? Why? You want to show me that I am something, X, Y, Z, Brahman, Atman? Tell me straight away. Why are you coming back to body and mind? Because in order to show me the rope, you must deny the snake. It is that very rope which is appearing as the snake. It is that very Brahman which I want to point out to you, which you are seeing as body, mind and all of this. You are not these. You are that which underlies it. Or that which is the reality of these. So that was his answer. Very interesting. He's used far fewer words than I'm using. But again, it just points to, see, exactly this is what we are studying right now. And if you know this, you understand literally what Ramana Maharshi is saying, word by word. This is what is being pointed out as our subtle body. And Ramana Maharshi's first answer to that young man was almost verbatim a denial of these things. That this is not who we are. This is not who we are. Let me just see if there's any activity on the chat and then I'll come back to this. A few more points he's going to make now. 
Rick is asking, do you think that subtle matter of which the subtle body and subtle realms are composed might be the dark matter that physics knows exists but doesn't understand? They say dark matter is thought to account for. I know it does, but if you ask me, I think that's still part of the material universe. That's the physics, that's the gross universe. Even dark matter is the gross universe. But there's an important point here. If subtle matter, which comprises our minds, even prana, life itself, if there is such a thing, and Vedanta agrees, it is matter, it is jada, it is objective. So in principle, it should be discoverable by science. Science is investigating the objective universe. So if there is a very subtle kind of objective universe called subtle matter, it should be in principle discoverable by science. So we'll leave it at that. We haven't come to it yet, but... Cordelia is asking, when we offer food to God, we say pranaya swaha, etc. What is the significance of this practice? Yes. So we are offering the food to the five pranas. Pranaya swaha, vyanaya swaha, udanaya swaha, uh, samanaya swaha. So the five pranas, we are offering it to the five pranas. Um, actually, when you offer food to a deity, so the deity is also conceived of having a subtle body, including the five pranas. So we are offering the food to the five pranas of the subtle body of the deity. And Sandhya asks, and Vayu leaves the body time of death, it enters other bodies as apana. No, it, it, it is part of the entire subtle body, of your own subtle body, of the dying person's subtle body, and that subtle body enters the other, the new physical body, or the seed of the, the like, like the, uh, the embryo of the, of the new physical body, not just the Udan Vayu. Lisa says, saying, this is what we learned in studying Ayurveda. Well, thanks for the confirmation. This is more the subject matter of Ayurveda than Vedanta, actually. Shravani, how to reconcile this um, Vedanta Sara model with the fact that during deep sleep, vital organs of our body continue to function? Very good point. How the gross function when the subtle body is absent shuts down during sleep? Do mind and body freshly emerge from the causal every time we wake? No. So the question here is, just understand the question that when we go to sleep, we lose complete awareness of our physical body. Not only that, when dreams stop, our subtle body is also, that the mind also stops functioning. What is remaining is the causal body. You, the consciousness, limited by the causal body. That is called deep sleep. Yet, now the question is, externally when we look at that person, externally, not from your perspective, externally when we look at that person, we see the physical body is there and it's breathing. The subtle body is still functioning. Breath is going on. It is true. Subtle body, so subtle body has not stopped in that sense. Mind has stopped. That is true. Now, this is a difficult problem for Advaita Trika. It's a minor thing, but it's, it has to be reconciled. A little balancing the books. So, some of you look confused. The question is, in deep sleep, we are saying that this, the mind stops. The subtle body shuts down. But if prana is a part of the subtle, subtle body, so prana should shut down also. We should stop breathing. We stop thinking. We stop remembering. We stop thinking of ourselves as an individual being. We don't think that I am in deep sleep. There's such a thought does not come. No thought is there. If subtle body is shut down, then the pranic body also should shut down, prana my kosha. But then that will lead to death. The physical body will die then. Now, what happens is, according to Vedanta, We'll read about it a little later. That we are not alone. Just as our causal bodies are part of a cosmic causal body. Our causal body is what? Ajnana or Avidya. All of it is part of the cosmic causal body called Maya. Similarly, our subtle body, Sukshma Shariras, are also part of a cosmic subtle body, which will come now, which is the Upadhi of Hiranyagarbha. So because of that, by the grace of God, Ishwara, or by the grace of Hiranyagarbha, these individual physical bodies are kept alive by breathing and on life support. You don't do it. Mount Sinai will do it for you. So the, the uh, cosmic subtle body, or the, or the, or the cosmic, you know, the Hiranyagarbha keeps us alive. This cosmic prana keeps us alive. The functioning goes on. 
uh, without our any kind of um, you know like we are not doing it anymore but the, it will keep the thing going why will it keep it going because of past karma the only reason why we are all there why physical body is there subtle body is there all because of our past karma the past karma is still there whether you are awake or dreaming or sleeping and that will keep this body alive until the prarabdha karma of this body is exhausted one interesting thing ramana maharshi mentions here is that when the the mind and the breath subtle body this all interconnected so thinking and breathing are connected that's why when you achieve samadhi breathing stops chitta vritti nirodhah when the mind uh, merges into nirvikalpa samadhi then the physical breath also stops you are awake and um, hiranyagarbha has relinquished control to you but you because of your peculiar yogic practices while being awake you have shut down the mind and very interesting the breathing also shuts down which shows there is something to this system which says that breath is also part of the subtle body you have shut down the subtle body through your yogic practices breathing also will shut down if you consciously shut it down like like samadhi i've actually seen this person going into samadhi breathing or shut shutting down um in sri ramkrishna's case of course it was very obvious the doctor examined it actually seeing many times they saw no breath coming heartbeat stopped uh, in sri ramkrishna's case dr mahendran sarkar who is a western trained doctor examined him even touched his eyelid i mean not eyelid the eyeball that automatic reflex something that nobody i can withhold my breath for some time and i can pretend to be in samadhi but i can't stop the the reflexive action of the eyeballs sri ramkrishna it all stopped that means the subtle body had shut down completely yet the body remained alive for some time so it would come back when he came back from samadhi he would he would gasp like a person come emerging from uh, under under water you know like that he would come so the two are connected if you shut down the mind in meditation in in samadhi actual samadhi deepest samadhi breathing also will stop in fact in a small way we see ourselves in our day to day activity when you concentrate very much you know just for a few seconds your breathing also stops for a short while otherwise you cannot sustain life if you see documentary wildlife documentary um, tiger or cheetah hunting as they are stalking their prey they become very emotionless just before jumping you feel that they have stopped breathing at that moment also just before they start chasing unless you have seen that documentary you will not understand what i am referring to very still now is it necessary to practice these techniques pranayama and samadhi techniques in order to attain uh, enlightenment and all um sri ramakrishna says no he says it can be done in by bhakti also and then he makes a very interesting uh, statement if you remember he says bhakti teo kumbhakai even when intense devotion breathing stops he says why would he make such a strange statement about breathing when he's talking about bhakti is because he is referring to this the same phenomenon mind and breath are connected then do mind and body freshly emerge from the causal every time we wake up um, no but drishti srishti vade if you follow then you have to say yes otherwise what will happen is every time a person falls asleep you should, you should see the body disappearing the body will disappear <laughs> the person disappear the moment the person comes back then the <laughs> body will come back again that does not happen that's because we act, we follow the method of um, srishti srishti vade but if you are following drishti srishti vada then nobody else ex- ex- exists except you and when you come back the whole world comes back including your body and just like a dream because you don't see the difference the dream body the body in the dream it's produced every time you start the dream and it disappears every time you stop the dream when you come out of the dream your body is not left behind in the dream everything is gone only when you imagine then it's there so that's drishti srishti vada 
Then the next question is doership is contained within the Vijnana Mayakosha, then how do we reconcile this with Ahankara? The feeling of I-ness, therefore doership. Yes, I-ness uh, is part of the, you can count it with the buddhi, you can count it with the mind. You can count it with Manomayakosha or you can count it with Vijnana Mayakosha. So I-ness is there. And, um, doership and I-ness go together. Does the knowledge, does the knowledge of realization appear in the Vijnana Mayakosha? Hold on to that question. We'll see at the end what exactly is enlightenment or realization and what role the Vijnanamaya Kosha plays in that. You're right. It does play a role. First of all, it is playing a role right now. What we are doing right now, we are using the Vijnanamaya Kosha the, and also the Manomaya Kosha and also the, the uh, sense organs. You are, after all, you're seeing and hearing and reading a book. Plus, you're using, using the mind and the memory and the ego and the intellect. All of those are being used when you simply read one sentence of a book or listen to one sentence also. All of these are being used. And all of them cannot function without the prana that gives energy to it. And none of that will function without the physical body, which has not yet come. It's like software without hardware. It cannot function by itself. One more thing. In the waking state, we are not only physical, um, stula sharira. In the waking state, stula sharira is there, sukshma sharira is there, karana sharira is there. And of course, atma is there. In the dream state, sukshma sharira, karana sharira, atma. In deep sleep state, karana sharira, atma. The enlightened person sees atma everywhere. For, for the enlightened person, karana sharira, sukshma sharira, stula sharira and jagat, all are appearances. Chidabhasa, uh, the same as individual limited awareness. Yes, correct. Consciousness reflected in Vijnanamaya Kosha. Interestingly, the pranaya swaha, etc. is also uttered by eating by people who observe Brahmanika. Exactly. So when you offer food, so you, that these are existing within the human body. Gloria says people often, often people close to death will make very lucid statements even though they have not been able to speak due to illness. Is it due to the Udana Vayu? I don't know if it's due to Udana Vayu, but it's kind of flaring up of the prana when it's getting ready to leave at the point of death. They suddenly seem more peaceful than ever, more healthy than they were in the last few days or before death, um, as if they have become better uh, in the last few hours. So I don't know exactly. Maybe doctors and Ayurveda practitioners can say more. Deep meditation, fraction for a fraction of a time, breathing stops unconsciously. Correct. In any kind of concentration, you will see. When the mind becomes very focused, breathing slows down. When the mind stops absolute stillness, breathing also stops for a short while. Remember when it was introduced, ignorance and the uh, collective ignorance and individual ignorance, it was two theories like um, of reflection and... Uh, that limiting adjuncts, those Padmapadas, those two things were mentioned. Uh, so when this forest and the trees, so I was thinking this trees, those individual trees in the forest, so, that, um, so the reflection, I can understand that one appearing as many, one sun appearing as many reflections. So that, that's quite Advaitic. But that forest and the tree, it sounds more like Vishishta, like it's like colors. Yes, remember forest and tree, lake and drops of water, those mm -hmm. things, they are not real. Yeah. They should not be counted along with the one sun of consciousness. It's not that there's consciousness plus many, many, like little trees in a forest, many, many ignorances, plus a total ignorance called Maya. You should not count them. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you count them, it will become like Vishishtadvaita, many components of an integrated system. But it's not an integrated system. There's only one reality. But the trees are part of that, no? The trees are part of the forest. The forest does not exist, nor do the trees. Okay. The individual ignorances are part of Maya, and neither Maya nor do the individual ignorances exist from the perspective of Brahman. If they exist, if they have any kind of existence, uh, I, along with Brahman, if you count them, then it becomes like Vishishtadvaita. 
Okay. Okay. I, I think I was trying to understand in this paradigm of ignorance only what we are discussing now. So yes. let's say, why are there two theories? Like, is it um, uh, like we have been talking about this cosmic mind and individual mind, cosmic, uh, cosmic, this um, uh, causal and uh, you know, the individual hmm. cause, or this cosmic and individual? What is the relation? Is it so the tree analogy seems like it's a sum? They are the same thing. First of all, why cosmic and individual? Why hmm. are we at all talking about cosmic and individual? Hmm. Because that's what we see. Look around you. You, you see yourself as a subject and everything else is object, isn't it? Subject, object, all your experience, everybody's experience. Forget about Vedanta. Very structure of experience. Whose experience? Everybody's experience. From a human being to an animal to uh, um, insect, everybody experiences I and this. Even if they cannot say it, this subject and object. And notice the subject is an individual. And the object is vast. It's a total, a cosmos. So we all experience total and part, cosmos and individual. Vedanta has to talk about that because uh, after all, we are trying to relate one and the many. Mm -hmm. It must but, talk about the way we experience. So if I have this question, but how is the individual uh, relates to the cosmos, the cosmos, then is it like a, all the individuals are like a sum total or? Yes. Uh, so there is not a separate cosmos and separate individual. All individuals together are the cosmos. It's not like there are some things called threads and one thing called a cloth. All the threads arranged together is the cloth. And the cloth is nothing but the threads. Yeah, because I think uh, the con confusion came because uh, in Swamiji's lectures on microcosm and macrocosm, he says that there's a relation like one is like a miniature form of the big, like whatever is in the microcosm is in the macrocosm. Yes, that's a different thing. They have a different they have yes. that type of a relationship. Also. Yes, um, the design is the same. Notice when I was trying to explain causal, subtle, and um, gross, karana, sukshma, stula, I explained it at two levels. One, I explained, you know, Maya and the subtle body, all subtle bodies together and so on and so forth. And then I said, just this little while ago, I said, good way of understanding is look at your own deep sleep, dreaming and waking, your own individual experience. So it, the design is the same. We also have causal, subtle and uh, physical. The whole universe also has causal, subtle and physical. The design is the same. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. In. in fact, it's a good question because right now we're going to talk about cosmos and individual. Let's see, number 90. Atrapi akhila sukshma shariram eka buddhi vishayataya vanavat jalashaya vadva samashti aneka buddhi vishayataya vrikshavat jalavadva vyashtirapi bhavati. Exactly this again, back to your cosmic and individual, total and uh, individual. Here also, here also means then where did we see this earlier? We saw it at the causal level. Now we are seeing it at the subtle level. Here also, the sum total of all subtle bodies when looked upon as one, like the forest. You know, when you count all the trees together and you say one forest. Or a reservoir, you count all the drops of water and you say one lake. It is called samashti or aggregate. Total, cosmic subtle body. Whose body is that? It's God's body. My subtle body. Whose body is that? It's, it's Sarvapriyananda's subtle body. But all our subtle bodies together is God's subtle body. And at that level, God is called Hiranyagarbha. Hiranyagarbha is not the subtle body. It's the one which has that subtle body. Samashti or aggregate and when viewed as many like the trees or quantities of water is called Vyashti or individual. Subtle bodies can be called individual also. Each one of us, like we are 73 people here, uh, computers count. That means 73 physical bodies, but 73 subtle bodies also. How many minds, how many intellects? Um, 73. And total, all these billions of minds, intellects and all together, one cosmic subtle body. Is called Hiranyagarbha. Then 91. 
एतत् समुपहितम चैतन्यम सूत्रात्मा हिण्यगर्भ प्राणश्चेत्युच्यते ज्ञान इच्छा क्रियाशक्ति कॉन्शियसनेस एसोसिएटेड विद टोटैलिटी इज कॉल्ड सूत्रात्मा हिरण्य गर्भ एंड प्राण एक्सेट्रा दीज आर सम ऑफ द नेम्स यू फाइंड इन द उपनिषद consciousness which consciousness there is only one consciousness that ultimate reality associated with this total subtle body of all beings all of this together all subtle bodies together is called one name is sutratma sutra literally means thread so when you have many diamonds or many many flowers or many emeralds and you have one necklace a thread running through all of that so that thread running through all of that is called sutratma here another name is called hiranyagarbha is a more well known name you can find in the upanishads another name is prana so this word prana has so many meanings it means the breathing it means the entire life energy in this body mind prana pancha prana it means the cosmic total consciousness associated with the total cosmic body of the universe that is also called prana in upanishads you will word find the word prana which means actually god saguna brahman with uh, at the level of the subtle bodies of hiranyagarbha it's called prana and why is it called so sarvatra anusuyatvaatcha because it is but it is in and through everything all living beings have a subtle body what distinguishes this is a good point what distinguishes this pen from this person who's holding the pen we say oh you are a living being this pen is not a living being so from vedantic perspective what's the difference it's a physical body i'm also this is also a physical body this physical body has a subtle body here this one it has a subtle body in it this one doesn't so because it has a subtle body with all the 17 parts or 19 parts including prana it's called a living body prana means life living body dead body means subtle body has left subtle body has left means prana life has a left from it literally dead means without subtle body living means with subtle body so all the jivas are living beings all living beings are jivas they have subtle bodies this is the one distinguishing characteristic between jiva and not jiva jiva and jagat you are sitting on your chair from an advaitic perspective it's all brahman so what is the difference between you the human being vedanta student and the chair you are sitting on what's the difference from vedantic perspective it is all same brahman even from maya perspective both are the same name and form the difference comes in the subtle body you have a subtle body with five pranas five sense organs five motor organs so and so forth mind intellect memory ego that chair does not so it's not a living being it's not a jiva um what else did it say it has gyana ichcha kriya shakti so this uh, hiranyagarbha or subtle this consciousness associated with all subtle bodies has three powers it can know seeing hearing smelling tasting touching all the five sense organs it has the power of knowing power of desiring ichcha where does it come from in the mind the manomaya kosha and the power of doing things uh, ego is there the agent in the vijnanamaya kosha and the power the activity is there in the level of pranamaya kosha so it is the knower it is the doer uh, it is uh, also the desirer the one who desires wants jnana ichcha kriya are all present here in the subtle body very interesting that it all of this which we identify so closely with ourselves i am this this one what do i what am i the one who knows the one who wants i uh, want to achieve things and do things the one who does things and vedanta says none of them belong to you they are all powers belonging to nature which you have for the time being because of the possession of a subtle body you are consciousness itself you are being itself not a, something which does things or uh, knows things or desires things all those come later with the addition of these things it's like your phone 
oh my phone is wonderful swami it can record things it can take pictures it can make phone calls it can play music it can show me youtube video no it cannot all those are called apps only they once they are there yeah your phone has the potential to do all that but you need the apps those apps now enable the innate potential of the phone the phone is gives you the background for for all of these activities by itself it does not do anything similarly satchidananda brahman is the reality without that nothing exists all of these subtle body and what not have no value at all they have no existence at all apart from brahman but brahman like the phone and the very bad example anyway um the subtle bodies have many apps which enable many kinds of activities um dimitri did you want to say something uh could you need some energy yes i have a question uh, so um, could you reiterate at which point uh, the consciousness uh, becomes associated or limited with a specific you know jiva because like on a practical level when i reduce it like uh, all of my experiences it all comes to the pure witness that just you know looks at it all but at the same time uh i am very much limited to you know the same things it's like i experience the same right. things uh like uh, it's always the first point person view nothing like i cannot verify that anything else is actually true <laughs> if somebody Correct. like let, let's say that you have you are conscious maybe you are a dream and like i dream you and uh, that's it like there is no way for me to verify anything in fact nothing so, is true and uh, from an analytic perspective the only thing that is true is you the consciousness but anyway so where does this individuality start where does the unlimited consciousness uh, begin to experience limit uh, limitedness uh, it starts uh, strictly speaking at the causal level anandamaya kosha but practically speaking at the vigyanamaya kosha when the subtle body comes at the anandamaya kosha causal level it's only on a seed form like it's what you experience in deep sleep none of the particulars of being dimitri are experienced in deep sleep but it's it's still it's still there because the moment you wake up you wake up as dimitri um so when you wake up the vigyanamaya kosha kicks in the 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 subtle body the most like the most uh, subtle part of the subtle body vigyanamaya kosha that's why this text said the phenomenal jiva which text was it 73 it says the phenomenal jiva the transactional jiva um, for all practical purposes the jiva the individual sentient limited being becomes apparent at this level vigyanamaya mm-hmm. and practically like before the moment of enlightenment enlightenment there is no way to verify any of uh, uh let's say higher parts sort of say right because it's always like a first point of view a first person point of view yes and that's all you need that's all you need what would you want to verify uh well for example when there is a uh, conversation about the universe and you know multiple sentient beings like all i can verify right now that uh is my experiences indeed that's and, all nothing else and notice something vedanta sar vedanta the uniqueness of vedanta is it just cleaves closely to your experience it doesn't go any further you experience yourself as an individuality and you experience a universe out there um, you know a cosmic universe mm-hmm. and vedanta sar just builds upon that it is in fact vedanta all this it is talking about subtle bodies and individual subtle bodies and cosmic subtle bodies and all of that vedanta really is not interested in that it's the snake it's an appearance why is it saying all that it's because you believe it to be so you believe that you are an individual you believe that there is a cosmos out there vedanta says all right let's take it for granted it's not there you are wrong entirely but let's take it for granted it's like this we are building up the snake now none of it is ultimately to be taken seriously from a vedantic perspective from our practical day to day perspective from a religious perspective from a scientific perspective from a political social perspective we have to take all of that seriously because all those perspectives depend on these this kind this kind of belief um but from vedantic perspective in fact all of this is defined is actually um dismissed you say how when when will i be able to verify that there is a cosmic soul which um, connects all of that never because it's not there yeah, yeah sort of yeah, exactly 
All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Our Byron's Jeevas, uh, I don't know. Um, where in the life of uh, life Jeevas are considered to emerge? I don't know. I don't know if the ancients knew this any better than we did. Uh, I remember as school children in class six or seven, we were given this exercise. You know, we are given properties, 10 properties of living beings, 10 properties of non-living beings. Now discuss, are viruses living or non-living? So, uh, whatever. Uh, Rick says, do all forms of life have subtle bodies? Yes, literally, definition of life will be subtle body. Without subtle body, at least prana. Life itself, literally, the word prana translates into life. So without that, there's no life. It's in, in, in English, I'm saying without prana, no life. But it literally means without life, no life. <laughs> How about really elementary ones like amoeba? They will also have um, prana. If nothing else may work, the, the hardware is very limited in an amoeba. But definitely life is there because it eats, it moves, it reproduces. So prana is there. Maybe there is no, there is no mind or intellect. None of those apps will work. They are all uh, shut down. The hardware doesn't have the... Um, memory and you know the uh, processing power to make those things work. Drishti Shishti Vada, there's only one person, you is the same as Ekajiva Vada, yes, there's only one person and same as Ekajiva Vada. All right, let's stop here. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tatsat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastu